Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you are all well. Happy Friday. Can we get a hallelujah? We made it. We made it. I love to celebrate each and every success. One of the things I was going to talk about, but I'm just going to do it right now. It's related to a question, but why follow? Look at this list that I have now, guys. I can actually read it. I'm getting super fancy. Uh, I, this is a Q&A. If you have questions for me, type it in. If not, I have questions that people sent me over the week. You know I can just talk away, but please feel free if you have any questions. I love answering questions and just really talking about this work. Because once you recognize that it's not some confusing thing, you're like, ah, I can do this. And my work as a coach is to help you learn how to coach yourselves. So I'm going to start off by, by telling you about this book. It's a plain black book, isn't it? This book contains all of my gratitudes, my many successes, anything, my achievements, anything that I have done throughout the day or the following day that I want to write down to remind my brain that it is the micro changes, the small changes that add up to big life altering growth. So I want you to understand that what your brain wants to do, that primitive part of your brain will do, is to say you haven't made progress, you haven't done enough, you're not changing enough. This is too small to matter. This is too little of of progress. So what you are going to do is just really hone in on all the things that are changing. And you can go through this book and like, oh my gosh, like I have learned I am the parent I need to be. Like when you are, are working on your thoughts, when you're working, like anything that you are learning along the way you put in this book, you find one book, you write down all the things. So one of the questions was... Uh, Why do people focus on gratitude? Am I doing it wrong because it's not making me feel better? Oh, right? Like, I hear that gratitude is good. I know that I should, like, write out a list of my gratitudes, but it's not helping. So I want to say this, that any time we do this work, your brain will say, that primitive part of your brain will say, it's not good enough, it's not working That's why we are taking the time to write down all our gratitudes, all our successes into this book. And here's what I also want you to know. We need to be extra specific. So many of us have heard a gratitude list is that you write down family or you might write down like your house or your car or a nice meal that you had. What I want you to do is to train your brain to be extra, extra specific. So your brain is going to say, 
I was able to have one-on-one -on -one time with my child today. I recognized the beauty as my, as my leaves were falling off the tree because I thought about life. So you're going to like focus, focus, focus. We know from the principles of behavioral modification, right? What you focus on you get more of. What you focus on grows. We know that to shape behavior change in, in kids, in rats, remember I shape behavior in rats in graduate school, doesn't matter. You are looking for the positive and reinforcing that. We couldn't shape behavior by electrocuting people. I don't know why that came to me, electrocuting the mice. We couldn't do that. We couldn't shape behavior by saying, no, that was bad. We could only focus on what we wanted to grow. You know this from parenting. If we want to really focus and get intrinsically motivated, we have to recognize that we need to focus on the positive and not say you were bad, what you did was bad, and that's what we're doing in our own brains. And so when you start a mini success a accomplishment list, a, a gratitude list, I lump them all together because they're all things to be to celebrate and be proud of. You are going to show your brain what to look for what to look out for. You guys know we have a negativity bias in our brains. And so our brains are always looking for the negative. And we are saying that that stops now. We are focusing our brains on seeing the positive. You can do this. Again, if you're just joining me, hello. Also, if you have questions, it's just Q&A for Friday Live. So you let me know what you have questions about. I'm going to go through these. Okay, first question that I received. But I hear variations of this in my with my coaching clients. I hear variations of this in my own life, right? Before I got really a handle on this cognitive behavioral tool called the tear process that I developed. Our thoughts create our emotions, which drive the actions we take. And when we do not understand this, we think the only thing we need to do is change our action. When in fact, it's the combination of the cognitive, so that's your thoughts and emotions, and the behavioral, your actions. So I've taken all the courses, I've read all the books, but nothing seems to be working. You want to think that something is wrong with you. You want to believe or we could blame others, right? We There's so many ways that our brain, that primitive part of our brain, like the course was wrong. They didn't know what they were talking about, right? I mean, my brain does that. And sometimes this is the truth, that it wasn't the right course for us. But I want you to understand that it's not about the courses. It's never about the courses. The courses, the, the books, the podcasts, are going to give you different actions to take. But what you have to understand is that what thoughts and emotions are driving the action. Is it from a place of, I'm not good enough, I gotta figure something else out? Or is it from a place like, I can do this, I can figure this out, I feel empowered to take new action. 
Because when you take action from a place of lack, when you take action from a place of negative emotion, now you can take action from neutral emotion and courage. But from negative emotion, you will never create long-term behavior change. Excuse me, I got to take a little sipsy. Because um, I get so fired up, right? <laughs> so, so nothing seems to be working because you are not fully understanding your thoughts and your emotions. You do not understand the emotion that you need to create. And so when we are coming at it from an emotion of like overwhelm or mis like confusion, the action you take will be overreaction or inaction. You're going to do lots of research. And I always tell my clients, you already know. This work is common sense, even if we don't see it at the time. This, this is deep work, but we have to learn to not listen to that primitive part of our brain and turn on our prefrontal cortex. Our prefrontal cortex is in charge of those 11 distinct executive skills. Metacognition, thinking about your thinking, emotional control, planning and prioritization, time management, right? Uh, oh, my favorite, task initiation. That's not an easy word for me to say. If you've heard me try to say it, you know it's not. So like, how do you get started on your task when, when your primitive part of your brain's like, yeah, let's not do it. And also like sustained attention. So I want you to really think if you, if you're a member of the Courageous Life Society and you're on here, you know that I, um, you can go on and fill out an executive skill assessment and I will tell you your gaps and your strengths. And then here's what we do. We know we can rewire our brain, but here's the difference between my work and other uh, maybe ADHD coaches or productivity coaches that are like, here's your, your list of things to do. This is what you should do. This is how you should do it well. And you are not understanding the thoughts and emotions that drive the new action you take. So I really want you to think about like no more courses of course, a group membership, right? That teaches you how to take what you already know and apply it and stop distrusting yourself. Stop thinking that you're not good enough, that you need to look outside of yourself. I want to teach you how to do this work. You guys also know, I don't know why I'm talking about this here, uh, but I have two openings for one-on-one -on -one weekly coaching with me. Two, that's it. I was full. I, I, I feel like I'm, I, I, I love this work. I love the group coaching and I love the one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you're like, okay, I think I'm ready. You can just talk to me for 30 minutes and see, or an hour and see if you're ready. I can tell you if we're a good fit, or I could tell you, no, the Courageous Life Society is right for you. So really think about that. It might be your time it might be your time to create, write a new story for yourself. So think about that. Okay, number two. Um, okay, I, I was going to, I'm sick of feeling this way all the time. What do I do? So I wrote back, 
what is this way? What is this way? What does that mean? Because oftentimes our brains want to stay in the generalization. And guess what that this way was? Anxiety and overwhelm and confusion. And friends, I am not immune from feelings. Just because I've done this work, trained, done it for 20, I still have big feelings, people. What you need to do is feel your feelings. Like, I'm sick of feeling this way, probably because we're fighting against it all the time. We're like, no, we should not feel this way. This is not the way we're supposed to feel. I need to feel happy. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and feel really great and pretend. We know that Carl Jung, who of course I love, coming from the world of psychology, I love him over who? Freud. Let's just, let's be clear here. Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. Now it was a longer phrase and it was not in English. I know. Thank you. My husband's always like, well, it'd be great if it was that easy. I'm like, yes, but it is that easy, buddy. Mm. So what you resist persists. Carl Jung said this. This is not some love attraction. This is from the one of the grandfathers of the modern psychology movement. And so if we are sick of feeling this way, but we're resisting it, we're saying, I will not feel this way. I will pull myself up. I will not feel these feelings. Guess what? It's going to stick around. It's always going to stick around. Something just popped up on my screen that says new tip. What? Did I have tips to begin with? I don't know. So, so I want you to think about what you have been resisting in your life. What are you actively pushing against in your life? What is it that you were like, this, not on my watch today, Satan. Not today, Satan. So you're like, oh, oh, pushing, pushing, pushing. And that, what you focus on, you get more of, right? Thank you, B.F. Skinner, Dr. B.F. Skinner, uh, the behavior, the grandfather of behaviors, by the way. I am not okay with saying grandfathers all the time, but this is what we've got. This is the world we've got. But I will bring in more. You guys know last week, I think, or two weeks ago, we talked about Dr. Carol Dweck. I've, I've got you, boo. Lest you think. But the world of psychology was dominated by male voices for so long. And we are doing the work to change that. So what you were resisting, right, is persisting. So if you are sick all the time of feeling anxious, if you are sick all the time of feeling confused and overwhelmed and like you don't have what it takes, I want you to know that you need to feel the feelings, meet yourself on the other side. We are doing so much work, um, deep emotional work. You know, that is coming from the world of therapy and then moving into coaching, that's the beauty of what I get to do every day, is to say it's not enough to look at there are actions. It's more about our emotional responses, our habitual responses. 
to the situations and circumstances in your life. And what you probably do is that habitual reaction, which is mine is hide, fear hide, fear hide, get sick hide, get sick, give up. It's what I wanted to do. When I was sick and in the hospital, I never thought I would coach again. I'm like, I will never have what it takes. Something goes wrong. I mean, I have journals past and I was, I was sharing with one of my clients. The work I do is often with parents, with children, with differences, learning differences, coping differences. Notice that they're not difficulties. They're not uh, what disorders, even though our society wants to think they are, right? Just differences than normal, right? Quote unquote, neurotypical. And so what I find is that when we are so into our story, when we are so into the overwhelm of our situation, that is all we can see. And that will keep going. So you're just going to feel the feelings. Learn from them. Move from them. You're going to do this work. So I want you to honor how you're feeling. You're not going to stuff it down. You're not going to get out your phone or eat something or drink something or shop. You're not going to do those things because you know you have a choice. You know, even if the primitive part of your brain says you don't have a choice, you have a choice. You guys know every, every session I'm going to say this. Dr. Albert Ellis says you have considerable power to construct self-helping thinking, feeling, and act, act, acting, as well as to construct self-defeating behaviors. You have the power to choose it, to choose healthy instead of unhealthy thinking, feeling, and acting. Or, as I like to say, as Glinda the Good Witch said, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. So I want you to think about that. And that really flows into the next question that I have on my list, which is, what do I do when my child is struggling? When my child is sad that they can't be in school? My child is overwhelmed by the demands of virtual school. When my child is upset at life, doesn't believe that things, believes that things are unfair all the time. Okay, sweet friends, I want you to look at their experiences and see your own thoughts and emotions in them. When you can understand that you have the same thoughts and feelings as your children, the same insecurities and anxieties and overwhelm, but what you are doing right now, as we mentioned before, you are resisting it in your own life. And so when you see your child struggling, you're going to resist it in their life. You're going to try to make them happy. You're going to try to do all the things, buy them something new. I don't know. How do you cope? How do, how do, what do you do when your child is struggling? How do you meet them? How do you hold the space for them to feel their feelings instead of 
requiring them to distract from them and requiring them to restrict those feelings. You shouldn't feel that way. Look at all you have. Look at all the good in your life. Are you telling yourself the same thing? My dear friend said in a coaching call, she said she was taught that you should never expect of your children what you don't expect of yourself. And so many of us expect happy children in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of all this change. And yes, great if they're happy. I have one child that was born with a different temperament and will always see the world in, in life-affirming ways unless he is denied something, right? <laughs> but he is just, he came out with a different temperament. So you have to recognize who your child is and not fight and fight against it. So many times, I'm going to do a podcast on this, by the way, okay? So, so I'm going to try to keep this brief, but of course I can't. So many times we want to avoid negative emotion ourselves by keeping our kids happy. We feel deeply for them. And so if they're feeling unhappy, we feel unhappy. So we're like, oh, let's get happy. Let's do all the things. I often, in, in my previous work, would have parents come to me. It wasn't the, the children that needed the intervention. Yes, they did. And who doesn't benefit from the, but it was the parents who were struggling against who the child really was, who wanted their child to be popular and sporty. I guess people call it athletic. And when their child was not that, they didn't know what to make of their reality and of the world. So hold space for your child's emotions, your child's struggles. Let them learn how to feel and how to feel the five steps and replace it. But it is a learning process knowing that they don't have fully the executive skill of emotional control. It develops mid-20s, by the way, that prefrontal cortex. And then we all, even adults, we all have gaps in skills and, and, and varying degrees. So I really want you, when your child is struggling to think about what, how you can be present, how you can be understanding, and also know, as we say in our, our house, you can have your feelings, great. Feel those feelings. You've got to learn how to do that. And, but you can't let your feelings hurt others. Uh, you guys, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I just, I just did my eyebrows, right? Like it is, and you see adults. I mean, let's be honest. You guys know my angry cleaning stories. You can feel your feelings. You can overreact to your feelings. And kids are in a perpetual state of overreacting to their emotions because they're kids, they're teenagers, their brains are not fully, their hormones are crazy. And we're saying, one time Henry said to me, just this summer, he's, he said, 
you have to remember I'm 11. I'm 11 years old. You will not always get it right. You know my child is exceptionally wise. He's the one when the snake, by the way, the snake is found. You guys, if you've been following the story, we had a missing snake in our house from Wednesday, uh, Sunday to Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know. I blacked it all out. Henry is just a wise soul. And so when, when they are able to communicate to you, I am a preteen. I am a teen. You cannot expect me to have nice, neat feelings. And we cannot expect ourselves to have the neat, nice ex feelings that we expect. We cannot expect ourselves to not have negative feelings. Often we struggle because we think it should be nice and neat and pretty and clean. Life is not like that. So I really want you to really explore what you are expecting of your children and what that looks like for them. I said I would keep this at 20 minutes. We are at 24 minutes. So I just want to say that next week we will get to how do I find my passion? How do I know when it's right? And I'm always scared we won't have enough. If you have questions for me, if you've decided that you are ready for something more, that you want to take what you've learned here and apply it. You have two options. The Courageous Life Society, those two one-on-one -on -one coaching openings. That's once a week for as long as you need, often three months. I will never be without a coach myself. So like you do you, but know that like the work it requires to look at our brains, to look at all the habitual ex responses, the limiting beliefs we've picked up, all the emotional things we've shoved down, takes time. So often we want to be like, and I'm done. I did that so quickly. We want it to be quick and simple. That's why we are a society of medicine takers. I'm not saying taking medicine is wrong. No, I, I, please do not misconstrue that. I'm saying taking medicine without combining it with coaching or therapy, CBT of some kind, will not do the deep work you need to change your life. You change your thoughts, you change your life, sweet friends. I love you all. Thank you so much. Again, hello at jessicastong.com. If you want to submit a question for next week, I love, love getting them. I, I get super excited and like squeal when I write back. So if you, if it's all capital letters, when I write back to you, know that when you send me questions, I, I it just fills my heart with love. I want to be of value to this world. So the more that I can answer your questions and help you see again, that you are worthy of feeling good, that you are will, worthy of feeling joy, not because you do anything differently, but who you are now, that makes me come alive. And that allows all of us to live our most beautiful lives. So don't forget to email me, XO 
XL. Have a great week. I'll see you next Friday, 9 a.m. ish, right? I get on early because I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, see you all. Thanks so much. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.